0: excited about this week's podcast Scott Troy Thompson and you read I've got to read this mate because this new role you've got like takes four pages senior manager of elite performance and programs I don't even know what that means but it
1: sounds good but we're going to talk world cup that makes two of us mate really excited for this podcast good to see you again let's rip in Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat,
0: prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, World of Fit, Happy, Healthy. And it's all about footy this week. We're going to talk World Cup. And we've got the man in himself who is. Are you the main guy that's got to get players over to play the World Cup? Is that pretty much what programs means? Well, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the main man. There's one There's one big fellow, the 13th <laughs> Immortal, that uh, yeah. he sort of he oversees get, get it all. A little so mention, yeah. yeah, exactly right. But yeah. uh, you're definitely really big part of my role is is those elite programs, which uh, mainly encompasses the Kangaroos, <laughs> but also our, our Dillaroos, our women's program, which is great to see rugby league in. in the women's space really evolving yeah. as well. So I
0: hung um, around for the Titans game the other day. Hey, they they did some big hits in that game.
1: Ah, uh, the quality of footy there, mate, yeah. is just outstanding. And it's great to see how um, how that's progressing over the last couple of years. The the growth and improvement in such a short space of time has been is been outstanding.
0: Yeah, it's epic. It's epic. But mate, we're going to talk. Normally, we talk about the sports science side of things. I thought what we might do today is talk about. You know, it's really hard to put a team together mm. and take a team to another country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right?
0: And I thought nobody does it better than you guys.
1: Certainly. Some <laughs> <laughs> that we try and pride ourselves on oh, certainly it. try and pride ourselves on that it's uh it is getting really hard to to pull the players together in a in a rep situation just because they get it they do it so well at club land these days you know yeah, so to so try cool. and provide a unique experience particularly is is one of our goals with the australian programs is it's the pinnacle of the sport mm-hmm. and uh you know everyone everyone strives to to pull on that aussie jersey if they're if they're eligible for for yep. australia you know we're seeing a great surgence of players that are el- eligible for other nations but certainly from our from a kangaroo's point of view you know we believe that that's it is the pinnacle of the sport it's it's what uh as an individual it's the highest honor you can you can get you know obviously there's the, the great team efforts of, of winning premierships and and winning games but you know as, as a player to be deemed the best player in your position at that point in time is is certainly something special so we try to make sure that that's emulated in everything we do and give them an experience that's unlike anything they've ever done so a world cup in england certainly ticks that box straight off is uh, there'll be a lot of players there that, that haven't traveled overseas before but certainly the planning and uh preparation Preparation for that takes takes months and months, and uh, there's the, you think you've got everything covered, and then something else uh, pops up that you just have to that you have to tick off. So yeah, lots involved, mate. Are you still
0: getting a lot of COVID issues in that space from a planning perspective?
1: It's certainly at the top of our our list and and at the forefront of our minds. The players are still you know testing daily within their club settings. We've uh, introduced protocols and, and ensured there was protocols through Pacific tests in the middle of the year through Origin camps as well. And it's just that close nature of that camp environment that probably um, lends its hand to, to high infection rates as well. Just the fact that the players are together all the time, they're not actually going home and spending some time at home. They're in that same uh, same environment all the time. So cross-contamination is certainly a, a real issue. And as we see government and um, public health orders lessen, it's it's still a, a, a concern for us, not only COVID, but influenza and, and other sort of infectious diseases to ensure that it doesn't rip through a camp um, and can certainly derail a, a program as well. So while there, there may not be formalized protocols by the World Cup or by the UK, we'll certainly be looking Looking at, at processes and procedures to ensure the safety of our players and staff through through that campaign.
0: And how many players do you take away with you?
1: Twenty-four players will be on the plane, and then we'll have a support staff of uh, around 14 to help with to help with their transition across there. Obviously, again, going back to that camp environment, that the care for the players is, is 24-7. We're looking after every one of their meals, their uh, the physio and rehab is quite intense. And then obviously, yeah, looking at, at training in different environments as well, having having the specialised coaches to ensure that's um, that they, they get used to that and understand. What's going on? So a squad of about thirty-eight that we have to you know get on a plane and feed and house for a period of se- seven weeks. Seven weeks. Yeah, wow. yeah. So it's a long time away from families and friends. And as I sort of mentioned there, a lot of the a lot of the players have never been to the the north of England at that time of year. So playing on short fields, uh, predominantly you know their soccer fields or, or football fields over there. So some of the ten meter lines are about seven <laughs> or eight meters. So your total length of a field's about ninety meters. So certainly makes uh, a difference to your possession, your yeah, your field position. And, and yardage sets and then the kicks on the end of them as, as well so just factors like that that a lot of those players that you know that they just wouldn't have experienced before so it's really important for us to ensure that we're exposing them those players to, to those environments prior to their matches and so they're used to used to working out and again we're really fortunate to have people like Mel Meninga and Michael Hagan on our coaching staff that uh, have played over there and they yeah. understand the conditions we've got Adrian lamb as part of our staff he's coaching in in England at the moment so he understands those environments so it was a really big factor in you know our preparation and our D around how we train them and when we train them as well. So, uh, yeah, we look to, to mix things up a little bit there around what we do training-wise compared to what they're doing at, at Clubland at the moment.
0: Yeah, nice. And, mate, do you, do you base yourself in one space over that seven weeks or yeah. have you got uh, your footballs everywhere and you've really got to move, play
1: the game? Yeah, it was. it's the Rugby League World Cup. They're still calling it RL, well, Rugby League World Cup 21, even yep. though it's been played in 22. But, obviously, prior to COVID, they, they, as the business, that, that they went out to each different city and, and got them to bid to, to host nations. So we're we're based in Manchester. Mm-hmm. So our, our home base hotel in there in, in Manchester will be there for the for the entire time and we'll do some short, short overnight trips to different locations. So we've got play our first game in Leeds. So just with the with the traffic over there in England, you just never never know how how long it's going to take to get to somewhere. So we'll spend the evening before the first match in Leeds, uh, and then we've got a game in Coventry as well. So we'll do the same thing. So satellite games with home base in Manchester.
0: And so as a, a an elite athlete, for those people that don't know, are the guys getting their own rooms? Are they sharing? How does how does it play out?
1: Yeah, definitely something that that Mel's really tried to implement as as well since he's taken over from the program. Seven weeks together is a long time. It is, yeah. And you sort of <laughs> that that's that's the big that's one of the biggest challenges, you yeah. know, is. is is providing an environment that balances out their training and their downtime and and individual time as well. You know, so you know, fortunate enough that we have the support of uh, of the commission to to put the players into individual rooms. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and it was certainly sort of considered when the COVID situation was a lot worse as well. So yeah. you know, players and staff and through through NRL and, and Origins series this year have, have been in individual rooms. So maintaining that process is, is is really important to us from that from that factor. But as you said, we what we've probably looked at as well from a performance perspective. And is those sleep cycles and and the routines of players? You know, it's it's so probably old. something that people don't really think about. But if you if you're not getting the the roomies right, you might have somebody that likes staying up watching TV till late at night, just just due to their circadian rhythms yep. and and their, their their natural sort of routines. Some might have family back home and the time zone differences there when they're trying to get on the phone and have their chats. So there's a lot of work involved in that. So having individual rooms certainly helps with with their ability to get their right rest and recovery and and stick to their routines as well.
0: Yeah, nice. Who organises the daily run sheet—is yep. that the right word to use? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, like, like our schedules, we got a weekly yeah, and a like, daily so, schedule. Have, have
0: you got experts in place in this, or is that something you just go, "Well, my name's here, I'll do it"? Yeah,
1: it's well, <laughs> it's you know, it's a, it's certainly a teaming. Uh, it, it's it's a team decision, you know, from our staffing perspective. So we'll have the coach that that has his desires. We've got strength and conditioning coaches that need to ensure that we've got the right right preparation for the players from us from a strength and conditioning point of view. So yeah. it's a lifting and gym sessions. Uh, the physios need to get. Their their rehab and recovery in. Um, as I said, the coaches with their field sessions, the recovery post-session, um, then we've got nutrition that has to go in there as well. And then, yeah, there's certainly that consideration around entertainment for the players, ensuring that they're not getting bored. You know, eating the same hotel meal for seven weeks, everyone yeah. thinks that's exciting, but eating out no. of Bain-Marie's <laughs> yeah. for that long is uh, becomes quite quite tedious and, and boring as well. So trying to mix those things up. So it's definitely, you know, we, we consult with the, with the staff and also with the, with the senior. Your players about how they how they want to how they want to train, and even putting together the weekly schedule is probably a little bit different now. We're seeing a real shift in the way that the athletes are preparing at at Clubland. So some some clubs will be training for the two days prior to a game others will have a rest day in there so trying to work out what's going to be the best preparation for this particular tournament while still taking into account the usual routines of the players is, is a bit of a tricky situation so it's all about communication there experience from what us as coaches have seen and then also the players have experienced in their time as well so working out how the week works uh, leading into the into the team is it's quite a complex it's a jigsaw we've only got so many hours yeah, in, exactly. in each week so you know trying to work on the best way to prepare them for that that game where we want them at, the, at their peak is is. Uh, a puzzle and having the input of everyone is really, really important.
0: So how do you go about, I mean, obviously a, cl- a club's got the facilities it needs to run its high-performance programs. Yeah. So you've got rehab, recovery, gym, and you're staying in a hotel. Yeah. Like ha- who's, ha- I'm just trying to get my head around, how does this all happen? Like yeah. How do you put, are you building your own recovery centers or are you, what do you, oh, I know that sounds stupid. No, 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 that no, no, doesn't yeah. sound
1: silly at all. You know, definitely, you know, if you have mm-hmm. the space and resources and, and funds to do that, it's, it's certainly being considered and, you know, it's probably, you know, we talk back to the COVID days where we had the hub set up here and mm. in, in the beautiful Gold Coast, you know, we built gyms, purpose-built gyms for that exact reason because...
0: Yeah, Cat told me became quite
1: an expert building. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, players, and, uh, players and staff there, you know, c- couldn't leave the hotel, for, yep. particularly for that first two weeks when we moved them up there. So it's certainly, it's certainly, I think, moving forward, it's going to be the way of the future. And the problem with England is there's a lot of people and a lot of buildings and a lot of space.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: being able to build your own facilities is a little bit, little bit difficult. Uh, we're really fortunate in the hotel. Where we're at. We try to tick off as many boxes as, as we can. So to your point there, recovery, you know, we, we chose a hotel that had a pool in it. So yep. we, we requested that so that the players can do their uh the recovery there. Sessions, yep. yeah. in terms of a team room, you know, we, we try to get a hotel that had big team space so that we can do our physio and rehab on okay, site. Yep. Uh but then we're also conscious about traveling as well. So every time you go into a session, you got to get on a bus. So you know there's travel time and that impacts player well being and and the physical status of them as well. So we try to minimize travel. So Finding locations where we can go and do a gym session, meetings, meals, and then a field session without having come back to the hotel is is what we're looking for. So yeah. we were able to um, to duck over to, to England there for a week uh, a couple of months ago and just have a look at all of that logistical piece. So we've, we know exactly what we've got in each of the different locations. We can plan our sessions. So it, it all sort of works in together um, to try to work out each day and plan each day uh, as much as we can. So, yeah, it is it is difficult and that's part, part of the logistical challenges that we have.
0: And is the... And NRL I mean you're going over as the ARL that's correct NRL ARL yeah, yeah. Commission, yeah the commission employs us really yeah are you guys giving feedback to other countries like Tonga etc where obviously I assume there's a lot smaller base of
1: yeah look I think like You know, world, to say no, no, it's, yeah, yeah probably not for us yep. we obviously have a really good relationship with a lot of the staff at those other nations yep. we lean on each other a little bit about different ways that they're going about certain aspects of their preparation and travel the World Cup organising committee is really useful for, the, for each okay. of those yeah. so you know England surprise surprise have probably got the best facility over there. So they're they're <laughs> staying at a country club which has a field on site and a gym on site. So they're not gonna have to travel a lot. But that's okay, you know home home ground advantage. So yeah, exactly. They're, they're entitled to that. So but I know the Rugby League World Cup organising committee has been really helpful with those other nations. They identify their needs as well and uh, try to work within the the resources and the remit that, that they have with them as well. So because um, a lot of
0: those players come back to your game again, don't they? Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And and you know the great thing about this and you know the international game and and the, the minimum standards and the the environments that those other nations is, are providing their teams now is improving out of sight and it's really good to see and you know we've seen a lot of players putting their hands up to, to play for their uh, nations of heritage whether it be tonga or samara or fiji it's it's great for international footy it's really good isn't it? and, yeah and i think the big thing that you know that we can do as a commissioner and as a game is really ensure those minimum standards for all of those nations are up to standard and and we're bringing them up to our level so that um, those players are looked after, because exactly as you said, you know the makeup of our of our playing group across the board is is really diverse now, and that's a, it's a real credit to those specific nations and and the types of players they're pro- producing. So having them strong in an international space is, is is great for the game of rugby league.
0: Yeah, nice. So mate, continuing on that that chat about you know running a team overseas for seven weeks. Yep. How do you get the boys
1: over there? Yeah, it's um it's actually one of the parts of the the trip that I really enjoy putting together, and and the team in terms of the staff really enjoy. Sort of bringing together as well. So we think about we're heading over to the other side of the world where we've we've got to transition across quite a number of time zones. Been fortunate enough to travel with a few teams overseas now and tried a few different bits and pieces. But a few key considerations we have to look at is obviously the exposure to light, ensuring they've got enough uh, food and nutrition on board, yep. the hydration piece as well. And then we're in a we're in an environment as well that's uh, highly uh, susceptible to infections as well. So yep. looking at some of those pieces. But the preparation to move them over to England actually starts probably a couple of days before we actually we. Start Going So we tend to get the players to stay up later at night, sleep in okay. early in the next day. So yep. we're starting to transition our training sessions to a similar sort of time that we'll be doing them in England just to help with that decrease of injuries yep. or the risk of injury. So trying to mitigate that factor. So when we're on the plane, we've looked at things at manipulating the light. So if you jump on the plane as a, as a commercial, you know, a normal sort of uh, affair, then you'll be served your meal at the times that the airlines thinks right. So yep. what we try and do is really have a chat to the cabin crew there, ask them to turn lights on and off at different times, uh, feed, the, feed the players and staff when we want to do it. We implement you know ensuring that they've got the right compression on hence yep. hence body science is our uh, you know great partner there with with the compression we look at little devices that help actually increase blood flow uh, we're partnering with some uh, a company that actually has some glasses that, that that block out blue and green light as well yeah, so nice. some little a couple of little um, processes that we can put in place there to ensure that's happening ensuring that hydration is is right is a big one and then um, as i said that with the um the uh, high high chance of, of infection on the plane as well ensuring that we've got nasal sprays to keep the nasal mucosa yep. moist and, and free of those sort of germs as well. So it's, it's, it's a really cool process that we can get them over there and, and the players actually, you know, really buy into it as well because they understand that there's there's been some real thought into it. And then when we land on the other side, the same sort of thing. So we've got to really be careful with the first couple of uh, training sessions that we have on the field because they're obviously really risk, a high risk of, of soft tissue injuries there. So ensuring that we're exposing them to cryotherapy, getting them moving without going too crazy with it, but then also uh, ensuring that they're ready to go from the other end. So having a look at a lot of their wellness, how they're sleeping, how they've actually Transitions because we've what we've seen in the past is some players do it really well and some really struggle and take you know two three four days to actually transition across those time zones. So yeah, as I said, really starting early a couple of days beforehand, trying to change the, the sleep patterns, manipulating the environment and services on that on the airplane, and then also ensuring that um, their transition once we get over there is is spot on before we get right into it.
0: I've got to ask a big question: How helpful are the airlines when it
1: comes to that? Uh, <laughs> it, it really depends. It really <laughs> depends on the type of uh, crew you get and the pilots. So yeah. yeah, look. Generally, they they help out as much as they can. Obviously, they've got a job to do as well. So yeah. We try to tip them up a little bit before they get on and and, and try and get through that process. So um, no, they're generally pretty good. Yeah, nice, mate.
0: Without talking like straight dollars, what's it cost to take a team to? Are we are we in the millions here? Yeah. To take yeah, so it's millions of dollars to take someone to on Australia's lucky. We got a lot of sport backing investment. How do these other countries get over
1: there? Yeah, a lot of it's 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 funded by the the rugby league world cup. Okay. So that that that's that's the upside of of a tournament like this so you know they they provide you with a, a certain amount for for each of your meals uh, they cover the accommodation they cover a certain level of travel yeah so they they cover it up to a, a certain component and then it's just whatever the nations want to be able to do on top of that um is, is whether you know the additional dollars have to come from so yeah it, it can be quite quite tough and um you yeah, just ensuring that the players have the best facilities within within the resources you have is is probably the biggest challenge
0: and we're talking how many games over that i mean if you get to the
1: Finals. Yeah, so there's three pool games, yep. so you're guaranteed playing three games. So they're all set out now. So we obviously know who we're playing and where we're playing. Then we move into a quarterfinal, semi-final, and then hopefully onto a final. So, but as, as I mentioned before, it's going to be probably the most competitive rugby league World Cup in history, just given the the number of players that have you know indicated that they're going to play for some of those second tier nations. Yep. So it's going to be exciting times, and you know, fingers crossed we play we play the six games, mate, and um and get to hold that trophy aloft at Old Trafford on the on the 9th of November.
0: That's yeah, pretty special. To hear
1: that. So looking at twenty-four players. Twenty four players, yeah. So if you get injuries,
0: are you allowed to bring new people in or is is it the contracted twenty-four players and that's it?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different for this World Cup. So in two thousand seventeen, for those l- people listening, they might remember Jake Troboyovich actually tore his peck in the first game against England, so the opening match there. So the rules were that once you'd picked your twenty four, that was it. So we yep. lost we lost Jakey first uh, first game and we the organizing committee made a decision that that uh, they were sticking to that. So they weren't they didn't allow a replacement player. Yep. This year's, oh, I think, is going to be a little bit different, just given that the fact that COVID is still is still around. So yeah, th- th- there will be a possibility to to bring in some replacement players, which again presents some challenges in itself as well so we just have to sort of work through that but yeah generally speaking they like you to keep it at 24 we'll certainly have to go through a process and apply for uh you know special consideration to be able to bring players in should they have a long-term injury or or suffer from covid
0: yeah okay and physio doc are obviously in the group that go yep. over so if someone does tears a pec or something yep. serious in that space yeah are surgeries done locally or are you flying players back how do, you, how do you guys manage that
1: yeah we've got we've got some of the the best staff in the game i'll give them give them yeah. a wrap you know we've yep. got sammy madden we've got got Steve Sartore and and Chris Ball as our doctor and and physios. They've both been, or they, or sorry, all three of them have been involved with the Australian team for quite a number of years, and are really experienced with that. And, and probably one of the highlights and, and benefits of having those guys on board is they have got a really good relationship with a lot of the clubs' medical and performance staff as well. So it's generally a, a decision that's made between. Well, at the end of the day, they're, they're contracted with the NRL clubs. You know, it's it's up to the discretion of the of the clubs there to, okay, to so make the a decision. Yeah, yeah. They, absolutely. So you know, we try to facilitate that. You know, in most cases, if there was to be a major surgery, we'd get them back to Australia and have them operated on by the people and the surgeon. That, that they know and trust yep. and, and understand. You know, going back to 2016, uh, we had one of the players do an ACL. So the biggest thing for for that was to try and get the swelling down and ensure that that uh, he was able to have a safe trip back to yep. Australia. And at the request of the club, they you know they got the surgery done afterwards. So yeah again it just really depends like if it's a if it's a minor if it's a minor injury, if it's something that we think we could scope, uh, you know, week one and have them ready for the back end of the final then we'd certainly look at those it's it's a real case-by-case management piece but we definitely include and involve the the club that they're contracted with and ensure that uh, everybody's on the same page
0: yeah, nice. I think that's a really good insight to taking a team overseas. I mean, do you take ex-players over to mentor?
1: Well, well, I mean, part of our coaching staff has a lot of ex-players, ex-players on there, yeah, so I mean, you sort of, of get a that. few names
0: that I've heard before. Yeah,
1: you get uh, you get the idea that you know. And as I said, there, it's, it's really important for this trip. It's it's quite unique in that uh, a lot of these players won't have ever been to England. Uh, at all let alone you know played played uh, football over there so um, ensuring that they understand what, what those conditions are and, and you know telling some old stories in the history you know Mel's really really big on you know honouring the people that came before us and, and leaving the jersey in a better space as well so um, ensuring that you know they're doing the right thing by the kangaroos jersey and, and honouring the all of the um, obligations and behaviours and expectations around that is really important for them as well. So I have no doubt there'll be plenty of ex players over there because I think everyone's looking for a for a junket to get some sort of supporters tour on there. <laughs> That's so, what you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So I'm sure I don't know somebody like an Ella Langer or someone like that might pop up in address and shit or yeah. a a meal at some stage. But yeah, there's certainly I think there's a fair bit of excitement about this. You know, international footy's back on yeah, it's on the calendar enough. and it's it's been a you know three year hiatus for us as a, as a kangaroos team. You know, it was great to see the Pacific Nations play some outstanding footy in the middle of the year. It was, it was really exciting. I think it's been a really good taster for us to promote the World Cup for the back end of the year. We've got men's, we've got women's, and we've got the wheelchair team over there. So Australia's fortunate enough to have have three teams represented over there. And if you get a chance to watch those wheelchair... Uh, guys go around it's it's pretty special and, and obviously you know the, the, the female space is is growing and you
0: know, how's that on the world stage is that growing
1: on the world stage as well the, the women's space yeah. yeah absolutely I think uh, I can't talk to it with any author, much authority but uh, speaking to the coaches and, and performance and medical staff that are involved with the women's space they're you know really happy with the way the international footy there's some some nations over there that are really strong over in, in Europe so um, yeah I think it's, it's going to be a really competitive world cup across all three competitions
0: right and before we hang the boots up what does a day look like for you on tour <laughs>
1: uh this yeah for, for staff I, i'll tell you where we start you know like every the, the players wake up they'll have to input their their wellness score so we've got an idea of that they uh give us their so we we ask them to give us a urine sample every morning to check their hydration so uh, we're testing that breakfast then we're generally into strapping and preparation for a training session into the meetings uh, with coaches and staff travel to a training field run the run the training session pull down the gps data off the back of that debrief with the coaches we're into lunch and then we'll usually have a session in the afternoon whether that's a weight session or another another skill session then we're into into dinner and then massage generally afterwards and then um, yeah just a bit of debrief and get ready to go again the next day so the yeah, the camp situations are generally uh, are pretty full on for the staff. There's just there's lots to do, and you know we try to build in some some downtime, but it's uh, it's it's pretty full on mate.
0: Yeah, it is, it is. Well, mate, I hope the uh, the boys bring home the trophy. Thanks for coming on board again. It's always great to talk to you and just love being part of your team. Like, I think it's probably 10 years oh, now. Oh,
1: yeah, mate, so great. And 10 we, years plus. We appreciate your support. You know, you guys are um, fantastic in the products that you've got and just just knowing that everything's safe to give to the players as well just makes one, uh, one job a lot easier for us. So appreciate your, your ongoing support. Forever.
0: It's all good. Thanks, Thanks for coming mate. on board. Cheers.